0: yeah I hope you all really had a great Easter weekend. had a good time, you know, just celebrating um, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, I know I really enjoyed mine. It was awesome. Um, but now we're back to the grind of school <laughs> and all that stuff, all that fun stuff. but um you guys seem a little a little kind of meek. You guys want me to start with like a joke or something or yeah. okay. well i't I don't have a joke per se, but I'm going to tell a pretty funny story. Um, so for those of you who don't know, you saw my brother. Do you guys think I look a lot like my brother? Yeah. Yes? Yes. When we stand next to each other, we do. But there's one little problem, and uh, that's the skin tone. will leave it at that. Um, <laughs> and that's pretty much the problem with me and my whole family. Uh, I look just like him, but I got blessed with better skin. Um, <laughs> just saying. Just saying. But, um, you know, I think at one point when I was a kid, I think the thought did cross my mind that I was adopted, <laughs> but I was like, Yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah, whatever. Uh, I mean, I was cool with it if I was, but, you know, I found out I wasn't. I hope that's a good thing, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, so last Thanksgiving, um, I had uh, two international students come to my house from India, um, who's Ushang and... David, I think. I can't remember. I uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. But anyway, um but anyway, these two international students come to my house. And um it was just it was amusing because while we're sitting there we're having great conversation and everything, and uh I might do an Indian accent here, so Calvin, if you're here just I'm not trying to embarrass you. But anyway, so I'm sitting there we're having a conversation and uh one of them asked, he's like, he asked my dad, he's like, so what are you guys? And we're like, oh, we're we're Puerto Rican. He's like, oh, okay. You know, I I thought Matt was adopted. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, no, I'm not. He's like, yeah, I thought you were like Middle Eastern or something. It's <laughs> not the first time I've gotten that at all. I get that way too much. But either that or that I look like Drake. I don't know where that one comes from. But anyway, anyway, I'm not going to get up here and rap for you. So, but anyway, that really had nothing to do with the message. I was just, you know, saying something just because. But we are going to talk about adoption uh, in a sense. So (laughs) that is why I told that. But anyway, so hopefully that got you guys excited to hear what I'm going to say. And so you won't be distracted by my low voice. All right. So we're doing this Romans 8 series, which is really awesome, honestly. And, um, and I hope you guys have been able to read, like, the devotionals and be able to memorize some of it. Um, if you've fallen behind or you haven't been able to keep up with it, doesn't matter, catch up. It's really awesome, uh, and it's really encouraging, the stuff that Paul talks about in Romans 8. And so last week um, we talked about verses 1 through 11, um, and it was really a lot of focus on life through uh, Christ um, and just kind of being transformed by that. I forgot to explain to you guys why I'm up here instead of Raul. I just thought about that. Yeah, I'm not Raul. You guys noticed that. But Raul's sick today, so I'm kind of filling in as Raul. So, um, but yeah, anyway, we'll pray for him later because it's like his family. Again, they're always sick. But, uh, so yeah, so anyway, like I was saying last week, we were talking about that life through, uh, through Christ, life through the Spirit, really. Um, so this week we're going to do verses 12 through 11, very short section, but there's a lot of really good stuff in it. 12, 12 through 17. <laughs> if I keep doing that tonight, it's going to be a long night, right? Anyway, ooh, nice start. Okay, so I'm going to ask an open question. What do you guys, when I say, you know, adoption or to be adopted – what do you guys think? What does it mean to be adopted? Someone just shout it out to me. Okay, be a little more specific. That could go with marriage, you know. Come on. Give me something else. Okay. Part of the family. Anything else? What do you think? If, if you say, if someone says to you they just adopted someone, what does that mean? Different parents? Okay. Okay. All All right. We're, we're getting the right idea getting the right idea. <laughs> Better stop it now before it goes any further. Okay, so I have a definition for you guys that I got from the American Heritage Dictionary, and it says adoption is to take into one's family through legal means and raise as one's own child. And that last section is what I want to focus on, raise as one's own child. And even if you think of adoption in the sense of like adopting an idea, it's taking something that is not yours and making it as if it is yours. Um, and we're going to, you'll, you'll see how that connects later on. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want want you guys to keep that in mind, that that is the focus of what we're going to talk about today. Um, is really adoption, and specifically into the family of God. So, we'll start and we'll read. Since five verses, I'll just read through the whole thing. We'll go back and break it down and see what we get. All right. So, Romans 8, starting with verse 12, says this. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if, excuse me, now, if, now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. This is a pretty powerful section. It's just it's kind of mind-blowing what Paul is saying here. Um, it's pretty radical, honestly. And I'm going to explain a little bit uh, in a little bit um, why it was mind-blowing, especially back then. But anyway, first off... I think it's important to start with that first word, therefore. For those of you who have ever heard Raul talk about this phrase, he says, uh, if you see a therefore, find out what it's there for. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> got to love those little things. But anyway, um, so I was looking at it before, and, you know, it's like, what? why does it say therefore? Why does he say that? And um, I kind of pointed towards the last verse. In verse 11, it says, uh, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who lives in you. That last little phrase is what I focus on. And then it goes, therefore, we have an obligation. So what I get from that is that um, because we have the Spirit of God living in us, that's why we have this obligation. So that's just kind of like the precursor. I think that's just important to get right off the bat. So, Obligation. That's kind of the first section of this. Again, this isn't going to be the main focus of adoption, but this is kind of like a, a little intro to it that he gives. So he says, we have this obligation. like it's kind of like, well, what do we what's this obligation?" And he specifically says that it's not to the sinful nature, but instead it's to live by the spirit. Um, and I think the reason it's not to the sinful nature. Is because the sinful nature leads to death. And he talks about that. He says, you know, um, where was it? Verse 12, I believe. 13. If you live according to the to the sinful nature, you will die. But if the future, excuse me. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So you see the contrast. Living by the, the sinful nature leads to death. Living by the Spirit leads to life. Um, so that's first off. We we have no obligation to the sinful nature. There is no reason that we should be, you know, living in that. And there's a bunch of places in the Bible where it goes through sinful nature. I'm gonna uh, give a lot of references from Colossians. Uh, uh, the Fish family's actually gone to this, which is pretty cool. But um, especially in Colossians three, it talks a lot about you know putting to death the things of our old lives. Um, it talks about the sinful desires and you know greed, lust. Uh, sexual immorality, you know, all the whole shebang. Um, so we we have no obligation to this, and I think that's just important. That's the first thing that we need to recognize, that we have an obligation to live by the Spirit, to reflect Christ in everything we do, and to not even pay attention to the sinful nature because we, we're new creatures. We really have no reason to be bound by that anymore. Um, so as Colossians says, we're, it, it talks about... Throwing off the old and putting on the new. Um, one thing that I thought was cool, is it was kind of like it was saying, you know, um, it's kind of like Paul talks a lot about putting to death that our old self is dead, that we're a new creature and we have life in Christ. And the old self is dead, and so we should also bury all the habits, everything that was a part of our old life, we need to bury it with that life. Um, and so that's what throwing off the old, putting to death the old sinful nature stuff, and putting on the new, clothing ourselves with the new, as uh, Paul says, um, as in putting on the things, keeping our focus on heaven. So in order to do this, we need to allow the Spirit to work in us, to put to death that thing, those things of the sinful nature, because we can't do it on our own. And that's a bottom line thing. That's as simple as I can explain it right now, is that like, you know, sometimes we're like, well, how do we do this? How do we, you know, how do we um, put on the new? How do we get rid of the old things? Well, we have to allow the Spirit to move. I'm going to explain that a little bit more. Um, so, when we do this, though, we have life through Christ. So, like I, I started mentioning, how do we fulfill this obligation? Paul says that we have an obligation to, um, to live by the Spirit, so how do we do it? Well, later on it talks about, it says, uh, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. What am I getting at here? That this is the adoption part, where it begins it. We are sons of God. Um, it's kind of interesting to look at. It says sons of God. It also says children of God, but I'm going to get a little history geeky on you guys right here. For those of you who know me, I am a history major, and I absolutely adore anything historical, and I can blabber on about it for hours, especially Roman history, which is perfect because it fits into this time period. So I'll try not to go too long. But um, So a lot of times I brought up the question of adoption because a lot of times when we think of adoption – I think things that come to our mind are adopting little kids who are in less fortunate situations and bring them into our family, you know, and that's good and all, but back then, at this time, that's really not how it worked. Um, In fact, the Romans practiced adoption in a way that would be very strange to us today. They wouldn't adopt kids, that was just foolish. You would adopt adults. And that was because you had no way of ter- knowing how that kid was going to turn out when he got older. So, and they did it all the time. They adopted like crazy. Um, I don't know if any of you guys know this, but actually Julius Caesar, big famous guy, Roman guy, he adopted his nephew who became Augustus Caesar, who was the first emperor of Rome. So he wasn't his actual son. He was actually a nephew. And he didn't adopt him. He actually didn't find out he was adopted until Caesar died, and they found out it was in his will. But what's interesting about that is that, one, like I said, the reason they did it is because they basically proved themselves. They basically proven that they were worthy of being adopted by someone of stature, of high stature. Um, and, but when you were adopted, you got all the privileges, all the what we'll call inheritance of the father. You know, the the father was the head of the household, the head of the family, the head of the clan. And when he passed, that was the son's duty to take on. So being a son was a huge deal because that meant that you had that inheritance from your father. So being adopted, when you got adopted, you got all of that. You got all the privileges, all the inheritance, everything. Um, And so, for example, in that example I was giving, of Julius Caesar and Augustus, you know, even though he didn't know it, when he became when he found out he was adopted, it's actually said that he went to an army that was you know led by Julius Caesar and basically said, "Hey, look, I'm Julius Caesar's son, and uh, in his will, he told me that everything belongs to me that he adopted me and they were like, "Okay, we'll follow you you know it's like a 16 year old kid who's never led an army before, but whatever that's just that's how much power that had back then to be adopted and to be called a son, even though you weren't like directly um, a direct son so anyway, all I have to say What's cool about looking at this is um, looking at the way that Paul talks about adoption here. That's kind of crazy to people back then because we have no reason to be worthy of adoption into the family of God. We have done nothing to earn that at all. And yet God, through his grace, it says here that he adopts us as sons of God. And just saying sons of God, the reason it says that, is because of the inheritance that the sons got. And it also says children, so remember that, you know, it's not like it's just dudes. But, but I'm just saying that it highlights that because of the implications that that comes with. So even though we don't deserve it, we're adopted, when we accept Christ, we are adopted into God's family as sons of God and also as heirs. Um, which I'll mention it in a bit again. I know I keep saying that. Just bear with me. So, we're children of God. We're children of the Creator, which is even more crazy to think. I was reading this, and it was just kind of like mind-blowing as I'm thinking of all this stuff, you know, going through my history geekiness and then putting it with this, and I'm just like, whoa. But anyway. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Uh, so, since we inherit... Um, no, I already got the point. Sorry. This... Yeah. So I want to go back. We were talking about that obligation and the obligation we have as sons of God and as um, children who have his spirit living in us. We have an obligation to live by the spirit. Like I said before, it's just a bottom line that there is no way we can carry out this obligation without the spirit of God. It's just that simple. There. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever looked at, like, you, you ever think about what God has called you to do? Um, when I think about, you know, Raul texting me at the last minute saying, hey, you want to go preach? And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, God, because I have like three other things to do. And for those of you who don't know, that's a lot for me, three three other things. I'm just saying. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, I go to class and I work, and I'm here all the time. And so it's just, it gets crazy. But uh, I'm not complaining. It's all good. My life is good. I have to quote Nacho Libre. I can't help it. But anyway, so... So just thinking about that, that's just like I would not be able to do that if it was just like me. If it was just my old self, you know, ours in our sinful nature, like I couldn't get up here and preach in front of you guys and be comfortable. I wouldn't have been able to write these notes without the Spirit of God because I can tell you that I wrote this up in like 45 minutes, and I looked at it afterwards, and I was like, how in the world did I do that? Like there's no way I just wrote that down. Raul called me, and he's like, wow, this looks really good. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I wrote. It was just you know, It just came out. And uh, um, so, I mean, when we think of tasks that God has, like his will for us, and, I mean, just kind of give thought to the to thinking about how hard that would be without God's leading, without the Spirit leading us. It's impossible. It's the bottom line. So, it's a very frightening task. But um, good for us, as Paul says, the Spirit we have is not a spirit of fear. We're not slaves to fear anymore. Um, we still tend to be afraid a lot, but we're not slaves to fear. Um, And we don't have to be a slave to fear because we're adopted into God's family. So, and this is how this all connects. It all comes together. Um, Since we're adopted into God's family, we have that inheritance. We have the privileges of being his sons, being his children. We have his spirit, which enables us to do all things. And we have, you know, God's love, which, you know, it talks about uh, how we don't have a spirit that... um, that makes us slaves to fear. I think it's uh, 1 John 4.18 where it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So with the spirit that God gives us, we have no reason to fear, and it drives out fear because it's love. So there's, I mean, that's that's it. This is the same uh, spirit. That's why I love that verse 11 says that. This is the same spirit that lo- uh, ugh, rose Jesus Christ from the dead. That's insane to think about, that the same Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is living in us and enables us to do his will. And that obligation that Paul says we have to live by the Spirit, we're able to do through the Spirit, which almost doesn't make sense, because he says we have an obligation, but the truth of the matter is we can't do the obligation on our own. We can only do it because we're adopted into the family of God and because we receive the inheritance of the Spirit, which allows us to then live by the Spirit. It's an interesting thing to think about, but it's—I mean—it's true. So, um, so I talked about that point. There's another point that, focusing on that adoption, uh, on the inheritance, two things that our inheritance gives us that is at least pointed out here. One, our inheritance—our inheritance—gives us such a close relationship with God that we can call on Him as a father. Um, again, we're children of God; we're adopted into His family. But that's crazy to think about—that the Creator of the universe calls us children, calls us heirs, calls us sons, and we can call on him as father. It says, uh, you know, we, we call out to him, we cry, Abba, Father. Um, research this online. I mean, most people know this, but uh, the, word, the word Abba is an Aramaic word that would most closely be translated as daddy. It was a common term for that young children would use to address their fathers. And listen to this. It signifies the close, intimate relationship of a father to his child, as well as the childlike trust that a young child puts in his daddy. So, what does that mean? That I mean, we have the privilege and the ability to call on God, the creator of the universe, as a father, as someone who is just complete loving towards us. And we have this crazy trust in him, like just this childlike trust and that's just amazing. Um, I also thought I also got into a history geeky moment when I was going through this, too, because I was thinking of, back then, again, like, when he's writing this, I can't even imagine how crazy this was to people, especially since he's writing to the Romans. can't even imagine what was going through their heads. Um, but, I mean, the way people served gods, you know, we hear about, like, Greek gods and goddesses and Romans and everything and all that crazy stuff, Egyptians and whatever, but um, they did not worship gods and goddesses like we worship God. And it had nothing to do with really this intimate relationship at all. It was much more of a like, yeah, gods and goddesses are like these, uh, these higher up beings, but they're all screwed up. And uh, so I just kind of want to keep my distance and hope that they don't hurt me. So I'm going to give my little sacrifice and be like, okay, leave me alone. And then go on with my day. That's... Not at all the impression that Paul gives us here. I mean, Paul points out how we have the one true God who is perfect and who created everything. And us, who are so sinful, who are so just messed up, he enables us to be adopted into his family and to have this relationship with him where we call him a father. It's just, that's just unbelievable to me. Every time I read that, it blows my mind, no matter how many times I read this passage. Um, the second thing our inheritance does is it gives us the title of heirs of God or co-heirs with Christ. I kept on referencing to this before. And what this m- means, another mind-blowing thing, we share the same privileges as Christ. Not to say we're on the same level as Christ. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we, while Christ is the, the natural son of God we're adopted into that family. So we share with Christ what he has from God. And one of the reasons why we have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That gives us life because it gave Christ life. Um, I think it's said somewhere that as we die with Christ, we're also raised with Christ. You know, our old life dies because of the spirit of God. And we're risen and given new life through that same spirit. Um, So we have these privileges. We have this inheritance that Jesus also has, but we share in it because God has adopted us into his family. And we also have the privilege, this is interesting, but we also have the privilege of sharing in his sufferings as well as his glory. Um, If you notice at the end when it says that there, it says, uh, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. That doesn't necessarily mean that we we have to suffer like, I don't know how we would think about it, but don't get the wrong impression of suffering in order to get glory. It's, it's more of that expectation, you know, it, it's kind of like, think of it this way. Christ was on this earth and was rejected by the world, and he suffered for that. He was persecuted for that. So why would we expect it any different if we're co-heirs with him and if we're part of that family, we're adopted into his family, and we're also following him anyway. So while we share in those sufferings, we also share in the glory that Christ will get when he returns. And that's an awesome thing to think about too. I mean, just these facts of like what our inheritance gives us, the fact that we can share in the same privileges as Christ, you know, have the same spirit living in us that raised him from the dead, and the fact that we can also share in his sufferings and his glory, all to glorify God. That's the focus of all this, but it's, it's just amazing. Um, so, I mean, you break down these verses and you look at them, that's really what they seem to be getting across, this point of adoption as, as just these awesome privileges, but also this awesome duty to do, this awesome obligation that we have. And I think it's interesting how he starts off saying that we have that obligation? Because looking at it, it's like there's no way we could do that. How are we going to fulfill that obligation? And it's kind of like he explains it. He says, you know, you have this obligation. Not to your sinful nature. Get rid of that. That you have no reason to be obligated to that. You're obligated to Christ now. You're obligated to God. And as Colossians says, it says, um, keep keep your heart set on the things above and keep your mind set on the things above. So basically, keep your Your desires, you want your desires to be after God, and your focus to be after his will. Um, And also, there's a small verse, I didn't really mention it a lot, but verse 16, where it says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Basically, um, the Holy Spirit is like that signature that we're God's children. The Holy Spirit working in us just shows, it, it confirms Power of God's children, um, and that's really all that says there. So, essentially, what do we all do? What do we do with all of this? Like I said, this five very short verses, but they have so much in it. So, what do we do with all this? Well, I think I kind of thought of uh, four things um, that I think are important to just remind ourselves of our obligation and of the inheritance that we have, um, being God's children. Thing number one is recognize the obligation. Recognize the obligation that we have to live by the Spirit. Simple point. That's how he starts it off. Point number two is understand that we can't fulfill that obligation in our own sinful nature. It requires life, which is only attainable by the Spirit. So without the Spirit, we're dead. So there's no, Without the Spirit, we're dead, but it requires life to fulfill this obligation to live by the Spirit. and We only get life through the Spirit. Uh, it's kind of almost seems jumbled, but it works. Trust me. So, recognize the obligation. Understand that we can't fulfill the obligation in our sinful nature. Three, receive the inheritance of being a child of God. I don't mean receive as in you haven't, you don't have it, and, you know, I I mean receive as in, sometimes we can like, uh, we can hear something and understand something and know that we have something, but not receive it in the sense of not really take advantage of it. And that's what I mean by receive. Um, receive the inheritance, as an in understand the inheritance that you have as children of God, um, as heirs of God, as, as sons of God, and take advantage of that. And those things were like what we talked about, you know, his spirit, an intimate relationship with him where we can call him father, and the fact that we're heirs, with, heirs of him and co-heirs with Christ. Those are all very powerful things that we just need to keep in mind. And then lastly, allow the spirit to work through us. Um, really, I just said that because as we were saying we have this obligation to live by the spirit but what's funny is we can't fulfill that obligation so the spirit's actually going to do it through us through different ways um, but allow the spirit to do his work allow him to renew us and to put to death the old self and clothe ourselves with things of uh, of heaven as again Colossians talks a lot about that if you ever want to like read about that Colossians like list stuff out of the sinful nature and, you know, things of heaven, which it's just crazy to look at because you realize, like, oh, man, I struggle with that sort of thing and that and that and that, and it's like, but you're constantly being renewed and being made more like Christ. And also, so that, allowing the Spirit to work in us to give us a stronger desire for his will and a better focus for his work. Um, So really, just I don't know. These, these verses are so simple. They're so short, but they're so powerful in just recognizing how awesome of a privilege we have, how important of an obligation we have, because, you know, this obligation to live by the Spirit is something that people are going to see. Um, when you live by the Spirit, people see it, and it's noticeable, and that's something that represents Christ, because that's what we're our lives are supposed to represent God. So, really, like, my my main point, my main thing for us is like we are adopted into the family of God. Let's act like it. I mean, so many times you see times where where we say, you know, we call out on God as Father. But we step out of a building like this and it's kind of like we just go on with our day. And I, I know we've all probably heard this a lot here in church, but I don't know. when I When I read something like this, it just makes me uncomfortable just sitting and not doing anything and not taking this to heart and living by the, by the Spirit, not allowing God to do his work in us to, make, to, to lead us to live by the Spirit so that other people can know the privilege that we have. Because we can't always just explain it to them by words. I, I can't go up to someone. It's pretty hard for me to go up to someone, explain to them the inheritance that I have as, God, as, as, uh, as God's child and, like, you know, living by the Spirit. That's a little hard to explain to someone when someone sees you living it out, someone sees you living by the Spirit, then I believe then they will recognize what they're missing out on, and the inheritance that they're missing out on, and the privilege that they're missing out of, out on. So again, just we have this awesome privilege, this awesome obligation. We're adopted as children of God. We need to act like it, um, and just keep these verses in mind and keep those those points in mind. Um, and that's really all I have for you guys tonight. I just, that was, last night when I was thinking about this and I was, I was praying about it, it was just so, it was so clear to me. It was just so awesome. I was reading this and it was just amazing.